0: Are you ready to get out of your head and into the heart? Into the heart space, an intentional space for deep diving, heartfelt conversations, spiritual discussion, and conscious raising content. I'm Kelly Keefe, and I'm so grateful to be here creating with you all. So let's get cozy into our hearts and rise together once again. star shines and welcome into the heart space. This is our first episode, which I'm really excited to just give you a warm welcome with my arms wide open, with the sun shining down on me here as I record this uh, with my feet in the earth to really ground into this creation that I'm so excited to share with you. Uh, Into the Heart Space has been a podcast that's been in the making for about two years now, a project going on and off, uh, partially my own fear of bringing all of the things out into the world in full transparency and the other part was just having spirit lead me to other places so i'm so excited to at last be launching this and to continuously share interviews with amazing conscious leaders and episodes solo of insights and teachings that i have stories Things that we can all come together to really continue to shift and transform our lives and ourselves so we're in alignment with our best selves. And you're going to notice the episodes, they vary in the type of episode there is. So there'll be some solo episodes from me. There's a lot of interviews with incredible teachers and conscious leaders from around the world. We also have short meditations for you to be able to tune into, uh, to just have a quick dial back into yourself. And who knows, as we continue to grow and evolve, maybe the types of episodes that come out will do so as well. Um, I'm Kelly Keefe, and I am a Reiki master teacher. I'm the founder of the Heart Space Academy, and I am a writer and a poet, and I'm an artist, um, last year I went through a big identity situation of how do I want to you know really put the a name on who it is and what I am um, in an umbrella term and what I finally sat into and received was that I'm a vibrational artist I'm passionate about showing up to spaces wherever I am and helping to elevate the vibration so that way we're all heading towards this reality of heaven on earth that is here if we tune in and tap into it and so So my hope and my intention is to share my heart, to share my journey and my soul with you and be able to bring you amazing conversations with friends and other leaders on this journey so we can all come together. It's a beautiful thing since energy knows no bounds and there's no space of true time. Whenever you tune into these episodes, you are sitting in the circle with us. And so I want you to know every time I open a space with someone I'm sitting with, we really do treat it as if it's a ceremonial setting. It is a sacred space. This is a space where we show up, we're fully present, and we allow whatever needs to come through Of spirit between us, that's for the highest, greatest good to arrive. So, The conversations aren't necessarily scripted and not necessarily, I don't have to say not necessarily, they're not scripted. We have some guidelines of things we might want to touch on, but we're really allowing spirit to use us as the vehicles that we are on this planet in these spaces. And knowing that anytime you tune in, you're in that circle with us and you're receiving the transmissions and the collective energy that's being created. And you're a part of that too, because in a way the divine knows that you're going to sit in at some time. And you're going to be there. And so I invite you to really treat this podcast, these episodes as if it's your circle space as well. And so please, if something resonates and something really calls out to you to leave a note, leave a comment, let us know it resonated, share it with someone that it's going to be, you know, great for as well. And let us know what it is that you're needing and the kind of conversations that you want to hear because this is a co-creation always at its finest. And so I hope that you deeply enjoy these episodes that we've launched with. We'll be continuously putting out new episodes as the conversations and the sharing of the journey arrives. And, you know, it's... It's a beautiful space to really be launching this. I'm recording with my bare feet on the ground in Oost, Netherlands right now. I've been traveling for seven weeks between Paris and Amsterdam and Mallorca, Spain, and really seeing the spaces that are ready to come out to play and to be shined on. and there's no time like right now to really push this forward and so i'm so excited as we're approaching the 1111 portal maybe we'll do a conversation on that and launch that on the 1111 portal as we're hitting these potent times and we're really arriving to this year 2020 that's coming you know this time where we're really setting ourselves up to be in this destiny frequency of what it is we're here to do and really align with our highest selves and allow it to strip away all of the resistance that we have to allowing ourselves to be and shine in our fullness, we're allowing them to just start to trip away. And so packing ourselves with these tools and coming together with like-minded beings, whether we're together physically or whether we're together, you know, over a phone or tuning into a podcast, this is more important than ever for us to continue to dial in to our truth and to continue to elevate. And so just thank you. (laughs) And I think I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to keep this short. And if I feel inspired, we'll do another episode. But feel free. We launched with these episodes. There's some interviews that have been recorded back in 2017, um, like the episode with Dr. David James and Shannon Algio, um And then there's some that have been recorded very recently. They still have tremendous value no matter what time they were and listening back to some of them before we launched some t- I think some are even more prevalent and important now it's almost as if the divine knew this was going to work this way or something crazy divine timing a real thing <laughs> so enjoy and we'll be continuing to launch out more uh, please do subscribe leave comments leave a rating let me know how you, what you think um, you can find us more on heartspace.co you can reach me personally if you want to provide me some feedback of what's coming through or what you want to hear about and have talk of instagram at Keith and I will talk to you so soon. I love you so much. Be you, be true, and as always, stay beautiful. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. All right, starshines. That wraps up another episode of Into the Heart Space. As always, thank you for your presence and for your love and for being all that you are. For more information about what we're up to, or if you want to explore working more with me one-on-one, whether that's Reiki healing, learning Reiki, or exploring of the other, you know, higher consciousness content that's being pumped out there, feel free to check out at heartspace.co or come over and say hello to me personally on Instagram at I am Kelly Keefe. I will see you next time. And as always, be you, be true, and stay beautiful. I love you so, so, so much. Ciao, ciao. Go ahead and bring yourself into a comfortable position. Perhaps this is laying down or seated, whatever feels good for you your life, your rules, just allowing yourself to fully arrive into a comfortable position that you can fully relax, let go, and provide yourself the gift of this journey today. Beginning to bring your focus to the breath, moving in and out the nose. Beginning to notice the breath moving through the nose, the throat, the chest, the belly. Observing the breath rising up and out the nose. In these moments, not changing it, not judging it, just observing. each breath giving yourself full permission to relax a bit more fully surrendering into the relaxation of the moment beginning to relax the top of the head the temples Relaxing the eyebrows, the third eye, relaxing the eyes, relaxing the cheeks, the ears, relaxing the jaw, the mouth. Relaxing the tongue, the throat, relaxing the neck, the shoulders, relaxing the collarbone, the chest, allowing this relaxation to move down, down. Filling the elbows, this relaxation flowing down, down, down. Filling the arms, the wrists, out the hands and the fingers. Relaxing the back, letting that relaxation move down, down, down spine releasing the lower back filling the chest the belly this warm relaxation moving down 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 the torso relaxing the hips the pelvic floor Observing this relaxation flowing down, down, down the legs, filling the thighs, the quads, moving down, 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 filling the knees, the shins, the calves. Relaxation, filling the ankles, out the feet and the toes. Fully relaxed, letting this relaxation flow down, down, down the body. Body asleep, mind awake. Body asleep mind awake body asleep mind awake in the space between the eyebrows perhaps noticing that rectangle or movie screen appear in the center of the eyebrows Allowing yourself to arrive in a cozy, comfortable space. Whatever arrives, trust. Perhaps this is somewhere in nature. Perhaps it's a home. Maybe it's somewhere that is familiar and you've seen before. Or maybe it's somewhere new. Wherever you've arrived, trust. Using the mind's eye, taking a look to the left, what do you see? Taking a look to the right, what do you see? Allowing yourself to continue to explore this space until your eyes settle upon that path up ahead in the near distance. The one that looks warm and inviting. When you're ready, making your way along that path. Perhaps beginning to notice the color of the sky as you look ahead. Perhaps looking down, noticing your shoes or your bare feet that you wear as you walk on the ground. perhaps noticing any wildlife, the paths. Continuing along this path, beginning to notice that beautiful, special tree up ahead in the near distance. This tree that feels very familiar and special, as if you know that it's waiting for you, that this is your tree spend a moment with, allowing yourself to make your way towards this very special tree. Perhaps noticing the roots, the shape, the color of the tree as you arrive. Perhaps embracing the tree or just saying hello as it feels good feeling her warm, loving, welcome, and embrace as you arrive, knowing that this is a very special space for you today. When you're ready, beginning to climb your way up the tree, finding your way to that cozy branch with the perfect nook for you to sit in, up on the tree, allowing yourself to settle in, onto the perfect branch a bit up on the cozy tree, allowing yourself to rest into this perfect cozy nook on the beautiful branch of your loving tree. Beginning to notice the beautiful bird's nest sitting in front of you with the three golden eggs sparkling ahead of you as you settle into the cozy space. On the branch of this beautiful loving tree. Allowing yourself to fully arrive. Observing these golden sparkling eggs. Knowing that these are a gift. Within are a gift and wisdoms that are here for you exactly for what it is that you need today. allowing yourself to breathe and observe the eggs, perhaps noticing one or a few of the eggs beginning to hatch. Perhaps you feel called to take an egg and open it. Whatever guidance you receive from the eggs and the tree, receive, allowing yourself to unveil what it is that's here for you today these golden sparkling eggs for your journey in this divine time receive knowing that these gifts that are here for you today are for you to move forward with along your journey, that these special gifts come directly from your guides to help you along your way. When you're ready, you may take these gifts, these treasures, and place them in the bag or the pocket of your left hip that's resting on the left hip, perhaps thanking the tree, thanking the gift of the eggs for what you now carry that are for you to have and to hold as you make your way along your path. When you feel complete, finding yourself beginning to move in your cozy nook of the loving tree, Noticing the bird's nest in front of you. Reminded you can return to this cozy space at any time. As you're ready, beginning to climb your way down the tree. Feeling the gifts resting on your hip. Finding your feet touching the ground once again. With the roots of the loving tree that's here for you today, thanking the tree, perhaps embracing the tree, and as you're ready, continuing back on your journey on the path in which you came, perhaps noticing any differences from as the way you began, taking a look at the color of the sky, taking a look at how you move along the path noticing the color of the trees noticing any wildlife that you see allowing yourself to fully arrive along the path making your way back to the cozy safe space in which we began allowing yourself to fully arrive in that cozy, safe space in which we began. Taking a few moments to reflect on the journey, feeling the gifts in your pocket, knowing that you carry them with you beyond this journey. Taking a few moments to simply be. At your own pace in your own way trusting your inner guidance they know the way best slowly sweetly gingerly begin to invite movement back to the physical body perhaps wiggling the toes moving the fingers whatever feels good for you in this moment allowing yourself to slowly and lovingly fully arrive back into the space in which you began when you're ready softly and slowly opening the eyes returning back to the room taking a few moments to just be in the space with yourself before continuing along your journey in the physical body with the gifts of the golden eggs. Hello starshines! In this guided meditation, I'm going to bring you on a journey uh, to a very special tree that is specifically yours and get to meet with your guides who will be providing you with gifts. I received this meditation um, as a download while I was traveling in Amsterdam. And it came to me as I was walking and it hit me quite randomly. And it was one of those where I was like, oh, I'm going to need to return to that. But then it slipped my mind because I was just walking and it came to me and I was without technology. And it circled back to me um, a few days later. And so it became very clear that it was a gift that was meant to be shared here. And the very first time it was shared was at a ceremony in Paris. And it was really special. And so I'm so grateful to be able to share it on the podcast now. And so I'm going to invite you to allow yourself to just get cozy, fully surrender into the moment, and trust that, as always, you'll receive exactly what it is that you need. And I would love to hear of what your experience is after you take time to integrate. So as always, you can leave comments on the episode. You can also reach out to me directly uh, on Instagram. I am Kelly Keefe. You can reach out to us via email, info at heartspace.co. And I'm going to invite you to explore the other things we have going on. And if this was really helpful for you, uh, head over to our Patreon. You can head over to our other store and see what else we can do to help support every single amount of support, whether it's the comment, a like, uh, contributing and joining the membership of Patreon. It's all so appreciated and helps keep this Uh, beautiful project of love going and so enjoy the journey and see you on the other side okay i'm so excited for this episode uh today we have a good friend of mine ariel Vieira, who's a filmmaker a storyteller he's the host of the facebook live show urbanist uh, where they help explore all history religion and mythology all around the world He's also a master of cultivating flow and creativity and just sharing the wealth of knowledge in general, just effortlessly from the heart. So I'm super excited to get to have this chat with you today. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me into the heart space. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's, um, I love that it's really just these spaces of us getting to chat. And knowing that anyone who's listening they're as if they're in the circle with us right now and so it's always just effortless flow they're coming in and it's been the normal theme is that we kind of start engaging in conversation and then we pause and be like wait we should probably start the like recording of the podcast because Mm -hmm. there's just quality happening and i want to circle back to where we started before we went setting up where you're sharing, like you're just really beginning to talk a bit more about spirituality and like your beliefs and growing into that comfortable space. Um, So I would love to just kind of like blast the doors open and hear like what that journey's been like for you in starting to share that and like, your personal journey and like what brings us right here like oh op- talking about it a little bit more openly. yeah
1: i'm coming out as a mystic ah,
0: <laughs> da, 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 da. you uh, hear it first here
1: no but um yeah i've been writing about spirituality for nearly 10 years at this point ever since i started writing on tumblr on a daily basis mm-hmm. and a lot of those writings were about spirituality and personal growth but in the past two years i've been getting super deep into spirituality and world religious and mythology uh, and what brought me to it is uh, I just wanted to like start speaking about it especially since I already do a lot of speaking about history and through history I start seeing how things end up repeating and how things are very uh, similar throughout different types of histories mm. uh, that I feel like it just makes sense to also talk about spirituality and mysticism
0: cool and like for you is there because like, you were mentioning before that there's someone's like noticing a slight like resistance in yourself of like bringing it in and I'm curious of as we're hitting this world as a society we're talking more and more about it um, but I'm curious of is that like what was that resistance around that was that more of a like I won't I won't yeah. even project onto that what,
1: what was yeah that for you? no that's a great question I think the the resistance is mostly the fear of being ostracized hmm. because uh, these topics uh, could get very esoteric, they can get very confusing, they can get very mind-bending. And sometimes they can be shocking to a lot of people who don't want to hear about these topics. Mm-hmm. So definitely in, in when I talk about history, I avoid going too deep into these topics or uh, because of uh, just to ease people into more of the mythology and the, and the, and the connections between disparate events in history is a great like uh, primer to continue further into these topics so I think the resistance is mostly just the fear of shocking people and the fear mm. of confusing people
0: mm. yeah. fair yeah it's like I find a lot of times there's been conversations where I go in and I'm like stop or I'm like whoa I totally I went somewhere else on I was not grounded in this conversation and blasted someone's head off before I'd be like I'm sorry I'm back so I totally get that um, and it's fun to see, like, at the same time, the opposite's happening as well. We're all being engaged in conversation with someone, and like, we just naturally are navigating. and The next thing I know, we're in a whole other realm of esoterics, like, and like mysticism that I wasn't seeing coming because we're just hitting a space of so much expansion of like, we're all ready to talk about it and like do the things. Um, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, because ultimately, like, any of these topics, there's always a certain truth upon them. Mm. You don't need to actually believe anything that's being said. You can just enjoy talking about it in the moment and that's why i've learned why it's okay to talk about spirituality mysticism you can call it anything um, it's okay because i think ultimately it's some t- it's fun to mm-hmm. talk about in the moment uh, that's why one of my f- b- uh, favorite inspirations is alan watts mm-hmm. um, and he called himself a spiritual entertainer and he was that because mm-hmm. he talks about these ideas that are really deep um, and Regardless of the level of learning you are at the period in your life, they still are very entertaining to learn. And that's how I approach history, um, talking about really interesting topics about history, maybe art history, architecture, or mythology, in a way that's just entertaining to people. So mm-hmm. they're, they're definitely getting information dumped but the information dump is not the focus. The focus is to just have a fun time. Mm. And that's why I like to do it in my spiritual writings. It's, it's uh, definitely sometimes an information dump or inspiration dump, but mm, love I, that. I just want people to just read the flow of it. Mm. And that's why I sometimes like writing more poetically than I like writing more literally. Mm. Yeah.
0: Love that. that's, you're definitely one of my friends that is such a great embodiment of like, it all just needs to be fun like everything you do is always fun and finding the ways of like finding the fun and like there's been times you feel like "Mm, this wasn't fun anymore so it's done and like being able to drop that I find that so admirable Uh, oh yeah yeah
1: well I find it super important to always as you mentioned just always find the fun uh, in everything that I do or Mm -hmm. everything I think just in general it's always very important to find the fun because once you're having fun something's going right regardless of what it is and sometimes do, doing too much analysis around it might kill the fun hmm. in certain respects yeah that's yeah.
0: uh i had a teacher one time we were just kind of kind of breaking down something and he's just like "Cal, it just always just needs to come back to fun and i'm like yeah yeah yeah." he goes no no, no but i'm gonna take it even deeper because that's that's how i i operate in this many layers of fun it's the fundamental understandings of nature when we're able to be in flow of like a fun it's because we've been able to embody and be in, like, at ease with the fundamental understandings of nature in that moment and being able to go into that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. For example, um, one of the... I listened to a lot of Abraham Hicks, mm-hmm. or I used to, and one thing she mentioned was uh, she was one day hanging out with her husband, Jerry Hicks, who they were both who the ones who started doing all the lectures mm-hmm. together, and Jerry was like, he was about like 70 years old at the point that of this story and they went over to some woodland area where they had to cross a stream that looked very dangerous to cross mm. with a bunch of rocks. And she was so astonished that Jerry at the age of 70, just like hopped across the rocks. And that was because he was in flow. Mm. He didn't care about the danger of the rocks. He just loved so much to be in this woodland area that he just got into the flow and whatever danger could have been the case, mm. wasn't the case. Uh, I think the same thing is, mm. is uh, when I do at least my talking about history, yeah. uh, the way I'm able to kind of tap into that flow is by having fun in the utmost way possible. Mm. I can't really get into the flow if I don't find the fun first.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. And So, if like for you and your practice of getting into flow state or finding like you're able to cultivate flow. Is that something that you find is something that is applicable across the board to like support maybe a listener listening of ways to be able to get into a flow state
1: yeah so for context for everyone listening to the podcast i do usually one hour uh broadcast on facebook live unscripted unrehearsed uh and also without notes Mm -hmm. and talking about really in-depth stories about history so how i In order to do that well, I have to tap into a flow. If I don't tap into a flow, then it'll just be a mess. Uh, So how do I do it? I think one of the first steps is to find the fun. Because even when I'm researching the history, or if I'm writing a a post about spirituality, I have to find the fun in whatever I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. If it's a drag for me, or if it feels like work, then it's it's not going to work. I think the second step is to kind of just let the words trust that the words are going to come to you as you're talking mm-hmm. and trust in the flow and the rhythm of words because even right now i have no idea what i'm going to say next mm-hmm. but i'm just allowing the words to come out mm-hmm. and it's okay to repeat yourself and just let it flow mm-hmm. yeah
0: cool and so i would you're so say for someone who's listening if they are working on wanting to do like a creative project or something or there's like What? Let me actually backtrack. What is your definition of being in flow? What's flow state?
1: Well, the flow state is basically when something that seems very difficult to do is very easy to do and very seamless. And sometimes a deeper flow state is when you completely lose track of time or space. And it's almost kind of you just went into this time warp and you come out of it uh, all dazed and confused, like what just happened? Uh, I think that's the flow state. Cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, I think it's just so beautiful. It's that space of us, like really shifting from the, okay, let me be hustle. Let me hustle. Let me hustle. I'm just like, no, it really, we don't need to hustle. We just need to align and allowing it to flow and being able to like take the spaces and just like, cool, what do I need to do to get into alignment to allow it to just kind of like flow and have that, that ease and that joy. And, it's such a beautiful difference.
1: yeah yeah when i started my journey of like uh doing history videos three years ago i just quit my nine to five job and started doing full freelance mm. and history videos and at first i was taking part of the hustle culture so just like thinking about action steps and working hard and mm. pushing myself but then after a while i just realized that flow is way more effective and fun and and lots (laughs) of more fun yeah because um for example sometimes in certain videos that i do if i really love what i'm talking about and i only do like one or two hours of research which is very little compared to sometimes 10 or 20 hours of research Mm -hmm. i do for a video if i just sometimes really love something and just like which i've done before just rushed research for one hour because I was so damn fascinated mm. about topic and then go live and just let the words flow. It becomes extremely easy because I'm already invested into it in a emotional level. I just have so much fun learning about mm. it that all the connections will come on the spot. You just have to trust the, the spot or the, the moment that is on hand.
0: Yeah. yeah. How do you, how do you anchor yourself into trust in those moments?
1: Ooh, that is one of the coolest <laughs> learnings <laughs> I've had. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think the more you do it, the more you trust yourself. Mm. Maybe writing, maybe well, I do speaking, maybe a bunch of other things, even gardening. Um, however, I think also just realizing that the world takes care of you. Mm. So that's one mantra I keep repeating, repeating to myself. Is the world takes care of me? And by thinking that, I realize whatever I say or whatever moment I'm in, it's going to work out well. Mm. Because nothing could really ultimately go wrong. Ultimately. Mm. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Oh, those are just little gems. I just wrote those down. Those are just, it's so beautiful. I, I love the, it's actually been a reoccurring statement in different ways that are coming up in different conversations over this yes. last week of being back in New York which is really refreshing because when this airs I'll still I'll be back a little bit but I just got back from the travels in Europe and so like kind of just integrating back into that space of okay so what's next kind mm-hmm. of in that space of the new creations are ready to come what's coming through and the reoccurring theme right now is like cool welcome back and like the world takes care of you like it's all here yeah and it's, just, it's nice to see like that's just kind of circling around so deeply right now and like that's the most sure-footing thing well, you can just hit
1: the word uh, you just said the perfect word circling hmm. so I think of it as yin and yang hmm. yang is that momentum forward hmm. that do 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 uh, atmosphere that uh, drive hmm. Uh, where you are in flow for me I was two weeks in Rome I was doing videos on a daily basis mm-hmm. in two weeks I did about 40 videos wow. I just went I was completely in the moment uh, and then I came back and I'm like okay what do I do now yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit bored of New York so <laughs> what do I do now and I realize uh, it's an opportunity for yin mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to kind of just go back into base mode and just relax totally go rest well yeah because the thing is, if the world takes care of you, then rest up now, because stuff can get get crazy in a good way.
0: Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, the lunar cycles of being able to be in that, and I appreciate you know being around others who get that as well, of us being able to kind of create our own cycles and our own rhythms, even amongst the crazy chaos and being able to curate our days into what's going to really work for us and going against the typicals of what is known and being able to regulate the self-care in a way that's going to allow for that rest and going into those spaces. I think you posted recently, like very recently, mm-hmm. something around like self-care and like regulation on one of our groups that we're a part of, yes?
1: Oh yeah, ask people what what's their practices for self-love.
0: Hmm. Oh, for self-love, cool. Yeah. I'm curious of maybe a couple of your favorite. Practices, and then if there's anything that like someone put out there that you were like,
1: oh yeah, good good practices for self love. What I like doing is um, making videos because mm-hmm. that's the thing uh, I love doing the most, and it's so easy to me mm-hmm. at this point. Or it, it's, it, g- it feels good that's easy to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also is listening to stand up comedy yeah. is is, uh, is a very good practice of self love. Mm-hmm. Just like being able to laugh at something. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And then meditation also like, no, not even meditation, just uh, taking a very slow breath hmm. in and then letting it hold for four seconds and then out. That just like really puts you in the moment. Totally. Yeah.
0: Cool. It's your one of your favorite go-tos. Beautiful. Yeah. Cool. So have you always been a history buff? Like how did you get into your deep passion for history and creating these videos and sharing the wealth of knowledge that you receive? through research and passion
1: yeah that's a great question i've been obsessed with history ever since i was very little Hmm. i used when i was very little i used to like look at maps and kind of memorize the countries Hmm. and then beyond that i would be like hey what's in azerbaijan and i would go on the early days of Wikipedia, or or before Wikipedia was Lonely Planet. So I would go to Lonely Planet and search up every single... Lonely Planet! Yeah, (laughs) I would search up all the countries and just learn all the facts about each Mm. country. Uh, And yeah, I was very obsessed with that. But the interesting thing is that history was a pathway to me getting into spirituality. Mm. Because the cool thing about history is that the deeper you go into history, the further back, things get really weird and murky. Uh, And then you end up learning much deeper truths about humanity. Mm. For example, of where we get certain phrases from, Mm. like the grass is greener on the other side. Where does that come from? Well, the interesting thing is it does come from somewhere. It Mm. comes from ancient hermetic beliefs. (laughs) And then that led me on the path of of wondering what is Zen? What is Buddhism? What is Taoism? What is et cetera, et cetera?
0: can you yeah. share do you have more insight of the phrase the grass is always greener what?
1: that one um not specifically that one has been said a whole lot in the past like century okay and might uh, be tied also to Norman Vincent Peale who wrote the power of positive thinking okay and it was uh, it was said a lot by Ronald Reagan that's what I know
0: interesting yeah, yeah. Fun fact. who was
1: a fan of Norman Vincent Peale yeah
0: um, yeah I mean that's something history and i because my strong suit of memory and knowledge is never on like numbers and dates and things of that nature i'm very i'm incredible remembering conversations i have with people or things about my friends and things like that like the archives of that my strength and so i'm always just so much respect and admiration for one being able to like retain the information and i've been attracting more and more friends who are historians are just like in the wealth of these archives of of life mm-hmm. and I've been as I'm learning more of the past through the things that you guys are teaching and like experiencing like come out the Black Gotham experience in New York where he, he goes into the first hundred years of America that there's no real documentation of it yeah. and like bringing that through with walking tours and experiencing that and then being able to integrate that into like my day-to-day life now and seeing of like whoa i can see how parts of that are here right now and being like it's bringing my life in present day to a new level and it's brought my like level of respect for history to a new level um and so like i'm curious of how you see like the importance of history in present day right now, like, and how that's having a role like why you feel it's so important that you're sharing that.
1: Yeah. So for example, for a very good example is, um, climate change. Hmm. A lot of people are very afraid right now of climate change and how, uh, the water levels are rising and, um, how temperatures are rising in certain places and temperatures are plummeting in other places. And the interesting thing is across many world mythologies, we have accounts of a cataclysmic event that happened uh, many tens of thousands of years ago. Mm. Uh, That's the Great Flood. And I think even in our current day, we still have remnants of that fear from things that have happened in the deep past. Mm and that's what i like uh uh, talking about in terms of history because when you start realizing that our mythology is always based on the ounce of truth then they illuminate to us where our beliefs come from because we have a bunch of beliefs and a lot very few people bother asking wait where does it come from because Mm. they just assume it's a constant within our lives. It's a constant within our lives that we're afraid that we won't live long enough. It's a constant within our lives that we um, are are afraid of many different things. Uh, like, uh, for example, we're afraid of technology um, uh, combining with us. Mm. A lot of these stories are already repeated in myths. And I think these myths have had uh, trickle-down effect to our current-day lives.
0: And when you yeah. say that, meaning because they were spoken about back in the day as like a figment of imagination, they've now become reality here in the present?
1: That's a very interesting way of looking at it. So in a way, f- fiction can become fact. Yeah. But I think it's more the opposite. Okay. I think uh, every mythology has an ounce of truth within it, hmm. some type of truth within it. So, for example, uh, one of my favorite teachers is Neville Goddard, yes. who, yes. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we that was one of him. our big
0: funny b- yeah. moments. Yeah.
1: Well, the interesting thing about him is that he was very deeply inspired by the Gnostic texts, mm. uh, like the Book of Thomas. And the Book of Thomas is one of the books of the Bible that was omitted from the Bible at the Council of Nicaea. Uh, I think it was around the 400s mm. or a little a little bit later than that. And it was part of Canon for a few hundred years in early Christianity. And it frames uh, the story of Jesus all as also being an internal journey. Mm-hmm. So for example, bearing the cross is bearing our sins, bearing our, our past mistakes and moving forward with it. Mm-hmm. And eventually being born again from uh, admitting to those mistakes and admitting to those faults and moving through them be movi- moving forward with them uh, and a lot of that store a lot of those stories reflect within our own internal lives yeah
0: yeah that's and like I love that you said it and just got brought here because as you were saying before of you know talking about the Great Flood and all these things of there's this deep-rooted fear that we've been carrying just from the things that have happened in the past yeah. uh, you know things that have happened in history but so much of that is exact parallel of what's happening in our inner worlds of the subconscious mind of carrying those past beliefs and being able to bring that through and the fears that we can play out based on just what's going on in the deep rooted past. So
1: I got a perfect, uh, very current example. So right now we have this meme called okay. Boomer, okay. Uh, where there's basically a bunch of kids, mostly either our age or younger that are making fun of boomers and basically saying that they are people out of touch people who are destroying our world and people that we have to get rid of, Hmm. like Greta Grumberg said in front of the UN. The thing is that this meme is basically the same thing that the hippies did. Who were the boomers? The hippies Hmm. were boomers. They did against the greatest generation, which was the generation before them. They also said F you to that generation. They said F the rules to that generation. And they want to overthrow them yeah. also so the same the history is literally repeating itself and i find comfort in that hmm. because it goes to show that if it, it goes to show that time works more in the fractal manner where things start repeating itself but there is diminishing returns because the more we learn about something the less we'll experience of it we even see that within our own lives or we we for example if we have a parent figure who is very uh, overbearing, hmm. or or a parent figure that's very anxious. For example, we'll keep meeting a parent figure. And we'll keep meeting a people that are very anxious throughout our lives, over and over and over again. Some people never quit that cycle, and then they end up wondering to themselves, "Wait, why? Why is hmm. my lover anxious? Why is my friend anxious? Why is my boss anxious?" However, if you realize that the past always repeats itself, then you can see that we can learn from these repetitions that appear in our lives, whether it be individual or where it be societal. Because on a societal scale, our current president is the same dude that was president a hundred years ago. Hmm. <laughs> it was a very similar figure.
0: <laughs> Word. Yeah. So, like, my question to you then is looking. It's, it's a very philosophical, but looking at being able to have these disruptions that we're able to have in our lives to promote growth, to break these cycles, essentially in these loops, looking at where we are as a society right now, like what would you see as like the shift, the need that it would be needed to be able to disrupt the cycles that we're currently playing out again right now?
1: That's something I really keep on thinking about. The thing I keep on doing, the thing I'm driven to do or, or really happy to do uh, individually is to talk about history. Mm. So one, th- for example, when I talk about history, especially in an entertaining context, I can talk about topics that people wouldn't talk about in the current day context. Mm. So one specific ex- example, I did a live video of Central Park secrets. And towards the end of my video, I talk about Seneca Village and Seneca Village was a African-American village in the 1800s, completely, fully self-sustaining. They were building their own high school. They were starting to even build their own university. Uh, They were middle class. They were living in very great conditions. However, a plan came about to build Central Park. Hmm. And by pure happenstance, right on top of their village. And unfortunately the city claimed eminent domain on that village which means that they uh, bought all their houses and all their property for market value and I say that with quotes Mm. because that's up to the city to decide what the market value is so the market value was very low and they destroyed the village raised it to the ground and they displaced all these people and where did these people end up living they end up living in in public housing but in different areas of Manhattan so the community was literally broken apart and that kind of shows us um, how we how it's how we're being messed up treating certain minority groups in New York City nonetheless telling this story uh, about history in the context of cool secrets about Central Park it's a good way of talking about racism without not talking directly about racism. Mm. It, for example, I see myself as a good bartender. You come to me for a good drink. Mm. However, if you're suffering from depression, don't come to me. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or don't expect me to be your therapist. Mm. So my role as an entertainer, as a speaker, as a filmmaker, as a storyteller... Is to give people just a good story, a good story that'll and make them to ask more questions. My role is not to ail the societal harms. Hmm. Hopefully, someone will watch my show and they'll be doing that.
0: Hmm. I love yeah. like. There's also such a clear, like respected, like boundary there where like you're you're so clear of like your role in the part of like the piece of it all. Yeah. Of, like cool. This is my role. This is what you do. This is, like, your lane that you stay in. And I, I'm just hearing my teacher, Erica, stay in your lane. Just If everyone just stays in their lane, like, know your purpose, know your job, like, stay in your lane and do the things It can flow. Yeah. It's, like, it's really beautiful. Um, I want to well, tangent, but I just want, just in case there's someone who wants to learn more about um, the village and the story, like, how would you recommend? Is there any particular, like, resources or specific, like, phrases you would...
1: Oh, in, the, in order out. to learn the, about the general history, search Seneca Village. Okay. Um, or show
0: notes will be in, guys.
1: Search uh, dark secrets of Central Park urbanist on Facebook. Obviously, you know,
0: great. Yeah. We'll we'll have that in the show notes.
1: But yeah. the interesting thing about staying on your own lane is that I think a lot of us are kind of forced to. I think a lot of us are guilted to think that we should be doing everything. Mm. That if you are a politician you should also be uh, helping the individual to uh, have another meal for the for the day Mm. if you are a billionaire ceo you're in charge of managing all the individual worker rights that are happening in the one factory of your uh, massive company Uh, if you are entertainer you're responsible for maybe uh healing people like (laughs) and the thing is one cannot do everything and we shouldn't do everything for example a lot of people like giving praise to people who build technology because right now we are a heavily technological uh, race of people so we praise the huge ceos that uh, made companies like steve jobs elon musk and the good example is jeff bezos so jeff bezos is one of the richest men in the world and he's made a amazing infrastructure uh for logistics and delivering even the smallest amount of goods to the most remote of places and somehow very cheaply and very efficiently that is quite a miracle technologically Mm -hmm. speaking however jeff bezos in every single interview he mentions that he was always a fan of star trek Hmm. and he continues to be a trekkie to this day And even when he was located, he would dress up as, like, Captain Kirk.
0: Oh, I can see that. That's cute.
1: So, he attributes building Amazon and now starting his rocket ship company to Star Trek. Hmm. If it weren't for Gene Roddenberry, who is the creator of Star Trek, who is a a storyteller, there might have never been a Jeff Bezos or Amazon or Blue Origins, which is uh, his rocket ship company. Hmm. And the same thing applies to countless other people. Uh, I bet that there's countless other people who were, for example, um, Steve Jobs is the only book he had in his iPad was the book by, uh, I have trouble uh, pronouncing his name, but Yogananda. Autobiography of a Yogi. Yeah, Yeah. Autobiography of a Yogi by Yogananda. Yeah. And that guy, Yogananda, he was just merely a spiritual teacher, a guru. He wasn't a guy who was building massive computers he wasn't starting technology technology companies he wasn't uh helping the world uh go through world star. Uh, helping feed the world uh, and starving countries he, he maybe could have done that but he was he was focused on being a spiritual guru yep. and generally helping midwesterners learn about yoga <laughs> which sounds very trivial if you look at it right. in a very superficial sense oh, like oh who's this yogi coming to Midwesterners and showing them how to stretch and do a good downward dog. Mm. But lo and behold, he wrote uh, such a great book that inspired a man to follow a very unique path in technology to design the iPhone that we have in our very own pockets. Yeah. So it goes to show that we can stay in our lane and inspire every other lane.
0: Uh, I'm, this is so refreshing. I'm so happy the conversation got led here. It's yeah. just so it's so powerful of seeing, just like, kind of brings us back to the conversation we're having before before we were recording of like, just our truth. I mean, mm. we're gonna, I'm gonna let us kind of launch off into like oh, another yeah. level of, of the conversation, course, yeah. but of that space of just like, we are enough, and just like doing whatever it is that we're feeling called to do in this moment of like, because we're just a piece of the puzzle of what's going on, and just like owning and doing whatever that is, like. This is refreshing for me because I have a superwoman complex through and through, oh, yeah. and so this was just a dose of medicine for me. Just being like, "Oh, you're good. Just keep doing the things that you're doing, Cal." Um, oh yeah, you're doing
1: I'm a like- great job <laughs> <laughs> with the you. heart space yeah. and everything else associated with it. Yeah,
0: thank you. <laughs> um, like, kind of going back into the spaces of the true self and being truth. Like, because I'll be, I'll do the vulnerability of like this last year. I've had such another level of expansion, you know, of and like the creativity and the different projects coming through. And a lot of times, it brought me to a space of me being like, "Wait, am I still who who I was? Am I still the things I was creating? Is that changing? Am I wanting to let that go?" I learn every time I go. I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to throw this to the fire if it needs to be." Mm-hmm. In a couple of days, I'm given this amazing opportunity to be somewhere. I'm like, "Oh no, no, no! Just kidding. This is where I'm supposed to be." But. Like that process of evolution we're all going through and being able to be in our our real truth, whatever that is. Like I'm curious for you. So we like started to touch on it, yeah. And I left it as a oh, this would be good for the podcast and like attention. <laughs> <laughs> like for you, what is what is self? Like what is true self? And like in this journey of us evolving so much as humans, like what does that process look like? Of like. Staying true to self, like what does that statement mean? True you? self. Your true self, like staying true to self.
1: Oh, oh, to self, yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. um For me, I've I've been uh, very um, stringently focused on being genuine as possible, authentic as possible. Um, which, which, which. Uh, um, Which means that in order to be, uh, for me, I always found it so important to be as honest to myself as possible and honest to the world. And it's really hard to do so. It's easier said than done, Mm -hmm. of course, because at any given moment, there's an opportunity to be someone else, to put on another mask, to bullshit or to um, simply not speak your truth. So I think it's a day-to-day, moment-to-moment practice. Mm. It's even a moment-to-moment practice. I think if you focus on it being even day-to-day or year-to-year, you're not really being true to self Mm. because whoever you are at this exact moment will be very different who I am in the next moment. And giving yourself that freedom to be a different person the next moment is really freeing because... Uh, I can be one person right now, I can be the the storyteller, I can be the philosopher at this very moment, this very conversation. And the next minute, I like maybe shooting the shit and and being sarcastic and and, and making puns. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next moment I could be a a serious filmmaker and making a a short film. Um, And I think giving yourself that freedom is I think the ultimate way to be true to self.
0: I love that. There's um, a poem I wrote recently, and in it, and a lot of the poems that I write, it's more just like a channeling. It's more just communication happening. And in it, it says, you know, like, I've evolved so much from the person that I was before, and let's celebrate who this is. And let's be honest, by the time I share this poem with anyone, I'm already going to be evolved to be another version of myself again anyway. It's just this constant going through. And, like, the different hats that you wear. So I'm going off of my own... Like when I'm wearing these different hats, whether I am in teacher mode or I'm in ceremonialist or I'm writing or I'm whatever it is in the different hats that I wear, there's different times where it's more of a opening up and sometimes allowing another like guide or someone that I work with to kind of come through and muse through me. Yeah. Um, it's kind of one of my MO's that I work with. Sometimes it's more just, I'm inspired. And I need to move and go and do this thing right now Um, do you have like any systems that you work with of like opening spaces and letting things flow through? Are you more just kind of like in the moment, like what's your different hat wearing game?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it it has been changing, Mm. but right now I've really saw the power of allowing stillness. Mm. Uh, So how I get stillness is basically just slowing my breathing down is the easiest way I found it and just kind of not thinking about anything. Uh, Thoughts are naturally going to come through, Mm. but I just see them as clouds in the sky. I love your analogy for this. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. And it's not original. I know. It comes from (laughs) Eckhart Tolle, and then beyond that comes from Rumi. But when you say it, it's just so nice. Also the Taoists. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah, they're just clouds in the sky. So... I just am the guy sitting in the meadow, looking at the clouds in the sky and not trying to name each cloud and label Mm. each cloud. And that's how I find stillness. And by finding that stillness, I'm able to uh, connect with uh, what I want to do or what I would like to do. Mm. Basically that's it. Yeah. Cool. And the thing is uh, getting that moment of stillness does not require uh, an hour meditation.
0: Totally,
1: <laughs> You can literally do it in the middle of a crowded Times Square as people are shoving you to get out of their way. Uh, and I do that because I do a lot of videos in Times Square. Yeah. And I'm still <laughs> able to connect to that stillness. Um, all you got to do is just... Uh, w- the easiest way is just slowing down your breathing, I think. Really, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. prana's prana's life, quite yeah. literally.
1: Um, but so, you had the second part to that question. What was it? Yeah, it's... Yeah. I'm
0: i just enjoy people's creative processes especially those who are evolving and becoming more intertwined of the allowing like the spiritual flow to come through the work and being used as like a muse i'm curious of if you find there's a direct correlation in your creative process with different energies or different like
1: essences Yeah. For example, in terms of doing good history videos is sometimes it's learning about something I actually don't think it's fully related to the topic.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Do
1: you have an example? So a very good example is last year I got really intensely into uh, graphic novels. Okay. So I started reading Alan Moore's Promethea. That's right. Which is a a book I think everyone should read.
0: I'll be in the show <laughs> yeah. notes. Yeah. I mem I remember you getting into this.
1: This this book, uh if you want to either awaken or know what awakening is, read that book. Because it's <laughs> a great way.
0: Cheat code. Yeah, that's a
1: cheat code <laughs> basically for awakening, in my opinion. Uh from my experience also. Um uh, but nonetheless I got super into Graphic novels, I started reading that book. I started reading Neil Gaiman's uh, Sandman. I started reading Grant Morrison. And it got me into all these topics. And I started thinking, okay, this is going to be a waste of time because I'm a filmmaker and a storyteller. Mm. I might want to do a graphic novel, but uh, not right now, at least. But how I end up tying in is that through Neil Gaiman, at least, I end up learning about mythology. Mm. And it got me really interested about ancient Greek and Roman mythology and that inspired me later on to go to Rome and talk about the mythology there to the point where I went to Pompeii. And the cool thing uh, I like doing as a storyteller is finding the connections between stuff that people usually don't find the connections between. Mm. Uh, So I'm being a very big hipster in terms of storytelling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, making it cool before it was cool, uh, but nonetheless I was in, in Pompeii and I was trying to figure out this This story is going to be a huge bummer because it's just about volcano killing people. <laughs> I could talk about literally the volcano killing people and that it, there are many fun parts about that story and many interesting parts about that story, uh, however when I end up learning in the research as I put on music, I put on a great band called Two Steps From Hell which is this band that does trailer music that sounds very epic (laughs) uh, with uh, choruses and foghorns and stuff like that. Hmm. And I was reading that the day that Pompeii happened was the same day as Vulcanalia, which is a, uh, an event, uh, a festival in honor of the God Vulcan and the God Vulcan, according to mythology, Um, makes thunderous noises, and that means he's happy because he's working his forge. Hmm. So by pure happenstance, Vulcanalia was happening, and there was huge tremors happening from Mount Vesuvius, and rather than scaring people, saying, shit is going down, you got to get out, (laughs) they were like, oh, Vulcan's happy, let's stay here.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: that's why so many people stayed, and it was too late for them to evacuate. Wow. So seeing those connections um, makes for a great story because first it makes for uh, an interesting way of looking at an event that people have told so many other times in a very dry way. Uh, Now you look into the mythology and even seeing how Vulcan came about is very interesting when you tie into the story of Pompeii. by learning graphic novels and Neil Gaiman, I end up getting to that. <laughs> to that,
0: Found yourself in Rome yeah. and in Pompeii, in Pompeii, sharing the story yeah. of things.
1: And, uh, and that happens to me constantly, where I learn about topics, and it just gets me into a very different direction. Hmm. For example, I also got obsessed with Broadway last year and started learning everything about how Hamilton was made. Mm-hmm. And they also let me how uh, Phantom of the Opera was made and how uh, Les Mis was made. And I end up getting really deep philosophical learnings about it. Mostly, mm-hmm. the beauty of collaborating with other people, and mm. that it's wonderful to share your art and um, your eagerness to work with others. It's awesome to do that. And I learned that by what seemed initially as a frivolous uh, obsession with Broadway. Yeah, That's and so that. Fun. I think that's the interesting thing is a lot of people uh, are afraid to ask deeper questions. So they're afraid to think too philosophically Mm. about their interests, Mm. but there's nothing wrong with being philosophical. Philosophical I think leads you to very interesting questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also beautiful. Like also that permission to just dive into a curiosity or a new interest in general. Of just like with maybe no outcome not necessarily an outcome needing to be tied to it it's just oh there's just this breadcrumb if you will of like oh this interest that I'm just feeling called to explore and learn and not knowing where it's gonna lead to So like like kind of like on both ends, like allow the curiosity to come in and go and in exploring into it and then asking the bigger questions
1: yeah curiosity killed the cat and that's good because he went to another parallel reality and learned <laughs> that it was a much better <laughs> <laughs> but yes. i think i think uh, that that term is uh is uh not 100 percent accurate i think uh curiosity does help you find the beauty of life yeah
0: and of ourselves and totally ourselves, if we're yeah. not not getting curious and playing through spaces and and leaning into things Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm curious, what are you leaning into right now? What's what's a new curiosity that's popping up on your radar recently?
1: Speaking like this, freely speaking more about mysticism and spirituality Mm -hmm. is, um, I really love Alan Watts and I just want to try his style. (laughs) And I think, I think it's okay to also copy others in the beginning and and then find your way through there because when I started doing history videos, I was copying from both Casey Neistat in terms of how I shot the videos, and I was copying from Anthony Bourdain on like how Mm. he spoke, and then later I copied uh, Carl Sagan. But through doing already 1,000 live videos, I ended up finding out my own style, which is very different from all those guys, and people don't say, you're like this guy anymore. Totally. They they see me as a unique uh, voice in that realm.
0: You're a very
1: unique voice. (laughs) In every realm,
0: my friend. Thank you. So, yeah,
1: that's what I'm leaning into right now. And the other thing I'm leaning into is uh, uh, getting more serious in a fun way Mm. about filmmaking. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I'm excited for that as well.
1: Um, Yeah. Well, for example, I've always been afraid. I'm going to be very vulnerable right now. Yes. In public, (laughs) which is something I actually thrive on. Yes. You're in
0: the heart space. Let's Uh, do
1: it. I'm in the heart space. So... (laughs) Let's enter. <laughs> <laughs> so, being in the hard space. Uh, I've always been afraid of making films that would be too esoteric because mm. I, I found many f- esoteric films to be boring. Um, like, no offense to any Jororo- Alejandro Horodowski fans. I truly appreciate his art, but I find his films uh, to, uh, to put me to sleep. Mm. And I've always been afraid to do that. But also I've always been afraid to make ideas that just would confuse people and kind of, uh, piss them off, Mm. but I realized, um, the matrix is such a great movie about Mm. philosophical ideas. They actually made a superhero based on philosophical ideas. I thought to myself, why can't I do the same or something along those lines? So now I'm leaning in because I've wanted to do this for, since I was very little. Now I'm fully realizing. Wait a minute! I can tell movies. I can make sci-fi movies or superhero movies about grand ideas, yeah. about mysticism, non-duality, mythology, etc.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes! I'm so excited for that. And like, I love the permission you're you've given yourself and inadvertently giving to others of like finding those who have done work similar to what you're wanting to do and like copying and like seeing like studying them seeing what they do and finding your own style between it like that's been a lot of as i'm starting to do more like the music projects like really starting to look at like okay cool who has like a similar feel to things and like starting to extract that and kind of bringing it in like always those moments of like alan there's actually an alan watts um Album, an artist like put Alan Watts stuff yes. to the tracks. You've experienced, yeah. yeah. Like I posted on my story, all the time. or something like that. Acron? Something, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like I I'm listened to that Akira. album Akira. all the time. Yeah. Um, I love em. Yeah, like between that and then Londrells and other artists, like a lot of these like spoken things with music added to it. Is what I've been studying a lot. So I just I appreciate that. Like yeah, we're here to learn from one another. Kind of goes back to what you're saying with history. Like everything we're doing. It's, it's been done before in some way essentially yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. i mean there's nothing original Yeah. Uh, because none of us are original <laughs> we're both very original and we're not original we're at so the same special
0: time. but so is everybody else
1: yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and i think because of that it's okay to copy just copy genuinely copy with with heart don't copy out of fear because when you copy out of fear then you end up um doing something that will either get out of your control or just be utter shit
0: yeah people um, can feel it that's and
1: people can feel it a mile away the be- that's yeah. the
0: beauty of truth like truth is truth mm-hmm. like it hits it hits you mm-hmm. know like and it's just that's how you can feel the heart which is so beautiful
1: exactly yeah yeah, yeah so i think mm-hmm. uh give yourself permission to copy whoever you want to copy <laughs> Uh, as long as you do it with truth and yeah. heart, and then move forward from that, don't get stuck in it. Yeah, <laughs> getting stuck in it is no fun either. Because you're not
0: a tree, don't be yeah. stuck. You're not a tree. Keep <laughs> yeah, <moving>. exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't get that grounded.
0: <laughs> Earth, don't ground. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not good advice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, I want to. You brought up the Matrix, and so I want. I want to give this space because I'm also just interested for the answer. You recently had a revelation. Of what it meant in The Matrix when they said there there is no spoon.
1: Yeah, because there is no spoon. <laughs> Tell me so, more. Um have you ever seen The Matrix? Oh yes. Yeah, so that scene of there is no spoon when I first saw it I just had no clue what it meant. And when I was the age of twelve, I watched The Matrix around ten times in a row. Wow. Because I wanted to learn what it meant. Mm. And I got it superficially, so I knew what they meant about robots, I knew what they meant about simulations and taking the red pill versus the blue pill. I, I knew all those things, but uh, there is no spoon always eluded me because the superficial reason for there is no spoon is basically saying, don't look at just the spoon, uh, look at it as yourself and then you can bend it. Mm but I think there's even more profound teaching. So I was traveling to Paris and I decided to go see, uh, on the plane, I decided to put on the Matrix, which luckily was one of the movie selections. Nice. And this ties to my love for graphic novels a year ago because Grant Morrison wrote a book called The Invisibles Mm. where its main characters dressed exactly like Neo mm. and his team in The Matrix. And uh, the creators of The Matrix were most likely deeply inspired by that graphic novel. And they touch upon very similar themes. Mm. So I thought to myself, okay, I gotta see The Matrix again because it's inspired so many people. I also got, uh, last, ye- last year I was also very obsessed with uh, Bruce Lipton, mm-hmm. who's a great epigeneticist, uh, who's uh, found out how uh, how our genetics are much more malleable than we think they are and he said that the matrix is not fiction it's a documentary
0: 100 so, percent. so that's why i was i was
1: i was determined to see the matrix again so i saw their uh the movie saw that there is no spoon uh scene and then something happened because a few scenes later neo is about to rescue morpheus mm-hmm. so he is in this huge action scene and he whispers to himself there is no spoon and this is very subtle I never caught that when I saw the movie ten times when I was younger I don't know
0: if I have it either actually
1: I think most people don't because he literally just whispers it Uh, and it was in the it was a barely audible whisper Hmm. in in the context of the film's audio so for context the scene of there is no spoon is that Neo who's the one or the a man who will cha- free people from the matrix, a.k.a. Jesus or mm-hmm. a.k.a. Buddha or a.k.a. Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> uh, he uh, goes and sees the, uh, an oracle that would tell him if he's the one or not. Mm. And he sits down and talks to a little boy who is bending the spoon. Mm. And this little boy actually looks like a little Buddha because his hair is shaven off and he's wearing like a toga. And he he asks him like, how do you do that? And the little kid basically says, uh, don't along the lines of don't see the spoon and don't see yourself because the spoon is only yourself and just bend yourself. Hmm. And Neo tries doing that. And he actually spe- bends the spoon a little bit.
0: Epic. Yeah, I, yeah. He just inspired so many people to watch the matrix again so scene.
1: why does he repeat that to himself before he saves morpheus and does some daring feat of strength well i realized that there is no spoon ends up what the kid actually meant is that there is no distinction between you the spoon and everyone else mm-hmm. and the universe itself because if Almost every single tradition, every single religious tradition in the world and every single mythological story may be the, uh, the origin story from the, from the Sumerians or uh, the origin stories from Buddha or Christianity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They all talk about how we started as a tiny little particle and exploded into the cosmos a.k.a. the Big Bang. So Mm -hmm. science also talks about that same story. The interesting thing is when you look at quantum mechanics in quantum mechanics there is a theory of quantum entanglement which means that if you split one particle and put atom A seven miles away and atom B another seven miles away if you turn atom A and spin it one direction atom B also spins. Mm -hmm. And this has been tested in CERN hundreds of times they tested it in seven miles they tested in 14 miles they spun it they wiggled it adam b also wiggled and then they thought to themselves wait how is it actually how much how fast is this information traveling they thought to themselves there's no way it could be faster than light because information can't travel faster than light according to the theory of relativity by albert einstein and then they did a test again And they realized there was zero time between atom A spinning and atom B spinning 14 miles away. So either information traveled instantaneously or something more spookier was happening. And Albert Einstein called this spooky action at a distance, which is quantum entanglement. When you split an atom, somehow on the quantum level, they react the same way. The interesting thing is that is reflected also in every single religious and mythological tale is that we all started from a size of a pea and exploded onto the cosmos into countless of atoms and particles. So in essence, if quantum entanglement actually exists with an individual particle, in essence also exists with every other particle that came from that single particle that was the origin of the Big Bang. Or you can call the origin God or you can call the origin source. There's a bunch of uh, names for it.
0: Well, cool. And that's like also you're saying the entanglement of like calling it source are also just the things that we're wanting to step into or allowing it to come in is that there is we're already entangled in it in the quantum field. So we can just kind of step in or like mold into whatever it is that we're ready to to become or to have.
1: Precisely. You hit the nail on the head, and you framed it so well. Why, thank you. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, yeah, you're already entangled with whatever you want. So, in essence, if you want money, uh, and that's definitely a concern of mine because I would love to have more money. Money is awesome. Uh, I could do so many wonderful things with it. And I thought to myself, especially after seeing this video in Paris and using my entire savings to go to Paris, and uh, having no money after Paris, I thought to myself, wait a minute, I am no different from from the money I want. I'm not separate from it, I'm not separate from the opportunities that provide me with that money. If I believe in the separation of it, it will only uh, persist. So by realizing that I'm not separate from the money, and realizing that I am one with the money, I'm one with the opportunity, I'm one with the person who will give me the opportunity, I'm one with everything else in the universe, the money will come, and not only come, the money is already there, I am the money, and I am almost everything else.
0: I love that. It's, yeah, the, um, kind of brings us back, like, full circle, perfect way, going with everything circles, oh, yeah. of the, it's not about hustling, it's about aligning, and that everything is already here, and being able to just chill out. When, when in doubt, chill the bleep out, It's been the new phrase um, that's come through with a couple of friends over in Europe. I'm just like, listen, if there's a moment of doubt, just go chill the bleep out. Mm -hmm. Find that stillness that you were talking about. And just like kind of dialing into the truth, like what's there. And we're going to have to do another episode because – I feel we just really hit a stride of talking about entanglement that brings me into soulmates and twin flames and all the different things. I know we can go into so many different conversations around. Um, So we'll just record another episode in this like upcoming week or so. We'll launch it sometime. Um, But for this, the first taste of you uh, into the heart space, um, is there anything that we didn't talk about or I didn't ask you that you wish we would have talked about?
1: I do know, I just say, stay tuned for part two of Into the Heart Space. <laughs> As we talk about that, we are already entangled with the lovers that we want in our lives. Because this is something I've been thinking a lot about. So we could talk about that next time. Uh, and I've also been a huge nerd of human sexuality. So <laughs> it's going <laughs> to be a fun topic. A uh, just if you want to see more of my history videos, you can go to facebook.com urbanistlive And I've explored all around the world, 13 different cities and done over a thousand videos and talked about the craziest stories. So you can watch those.
0: Perfect. You, um, great. So that's how people can find you. Is there any other way that people can find you? Is that the best way to contact you or see your work?
1: Yeah. Y- uh, you can also search me on YouTube, Urbanist History of Cities. But if you want to read my spirituality mystic readings, you can go to my personal Instagram at The Ariel Vera. That's the one and only Ariel Vera. The Ariel Vera.
0: Beautiful. And as always, there will be links in the show notes to get to him and any other various resources that we talked about. There's so many in this episode. I'm so excited to get to go listen back to this and just see how many value bombs were truly dropped in here. So thank you so, so much for your time um, and for your friendship. And uh, yeah, Uh slate it. And I'm really looking forward to the next one. This is, I can see it's going to happen super soon. Um, so for listeners, thank you for tuning in and I trust that you have received so much that you're exactly where you need to be to receive. Um, definitely tune in to The Urbanist and the different resources and I will see you on the next episode. As always, please be you, be true and stay beautiful. Ciao, ciao.